millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, welcome to Red Men Radio. I'm Chris Pajak and I'm joined this week by Tom Dutton. Paul's away in America and we're here for Red Men Radio number 67. Wow. And it's the big Liverpool clearhouse. You should feel honoured. This is a special number to me. Why? What's 67 mean? It's the 67th podcast. Is that why it's special? Yeah, they're all special, Tom. Fair, no, you know what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we've got a kickoff question coming in from Martin Andrew Klepper, uh, who's asked us to create a five-a-side team using only Premier League managers. Tom Dutton, this from isn't the easy, Red Men TV. It's not easy, actually, is no, it? No. First things first, how did you approach? Well, I, don't, I didn't see any of these people play football, so like I just had to... I typed in Premier League managers yeah. and went on the Wikipedia page, seeing if they were actually a footballer, yeah. and then what teams they played for. So you've gone for all footballers, uh, ex-footballers. Yeah, yeah, I have. yeah. So have I. Yeah, it seemed a good place to start. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's a few out there, but like, I've never seen them. Sometimes you see like Arsene Wenger, he played though, didn't he? When you see him doing skills on the sideline and stuff, and you're like, well, fair enough. But I can't do a zip up. He's yeah. not getting in my five-a-side team. Listen, this, this team plays in Liverpool, it's going to rain. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't have him messing around on the sidelines with a zip. Uh, go on, let's start it off. Did you pick a goalkeeper? Nuno Santo, apparently he was a goalkeeper. He was a goalkeeper. There you go. Um, I, I, I Wikipedia'd him too. Yeah. Um, didn't know um, <laughs> no. that he was a goalkeeper. I didn't pick a goalkeeper, so who, would he, who did you go with after that? Uh, Cloud Puel for Leicester. He played 488 games for Monaco as a DM. So, there you Decent. go. So, are you going him centre-back? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm basically, it's a very attacking side, I think. And then I've got Klopp on the right-hand side. Just cause I'm, You know what? You player need, manager? Yeah, yeah. He's, play, he's my player manager You want too. someone to scream at the players, especially Guardiola. He's taking the Tom Dutton role in the five-a-side yeah, team, yeah. has he? Just anger, pure anger. Then Guardiola and then Mark Hughes. I feel like that's an all right side. I mean, they're old. Yeah. Hughes is old. This is why I didn't go for a goalkeeper. Okay. Is I'm, I want to play Wenesh. You know okay, what I mean? Okay. Because they're old. Yeah, We've yeah. established this. I don't want to see four owl fellas running around for an hour because my t- your t- I think your team might tire towards the end of the game. Although you've got a goalkeeper. Oh yeah. So that yeah. might make a difference. So I've actually gone. I've I've gone for um, Wagner and Klopp. Okay. Va- Wagner was a striker. 
And they played together at Mines. Okay. And Klopp's my player manager, so I want them to play that little bit of tick attack of football. Yeah, yeah, I like and it. for that reason as well, I've gone with Pochettino and Pep because I think they under- still always understand how each other wants to play. We both like the high press, we like the gag and press. Yeah. They all understand it. So I've got four players there in Pep, Pochettino, Klopp, and Wagner who can all play together. And then I've got Mark Hughes as well. I That's mean, the lad enough. played for Barcelona up front, he played for Manchester United. He's a striker. Um, He's not two, bad, is he? Two very good sides, actually. Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I didn't even think about Pochettino. I'm kind of gutted. Pochettino was. I'd probably put him argu- in the club. Arguably the the best player there with Pep Guardiola. Yeah, exactly. I I, I completely forgot about him. I'd probably take Klopp out. Then I'd if I was, I put Pochettino in. But I'm not going to because I want Klopp in there just so I could see Klopp play football and talk to him. Maybe I think Klopp's the guy who's probably going to play in goal most for me yeah. in my side. I think he's the guy, you know, we, we all know that uh, he likes a bifter or two, doesn't he? So um, I can't imagine he's going to last the entire game. Is he the one who, who turns up on Sunday morning hungover? I think Klopp out, might yeah. be that guy. I think that, that might be him. Okay, so that was that was fun, actually. Uh, just a little shout-out to the play, uh, the managers that we could have had in that five-a-side team had this been this time last season. Mm. I think Ronald Koeman would have been one of the better players Oh, yeah. He'd have been straight in. Oh. Slavin Bilic would have been straight into that side yeah. as well. Um, so a little. I would have had Allardyce just so that he could hit the ball at him in the goal. Is he okay? Yeah. So we're five aside goals. So he probably just lies down. Yeah. No, exactly. And he and he covers every single. He's probably not long enough, but he's definitely wide enough. You're gonna have to get corners, aren't you? You've got Allardyce in goal. That that would put my side under pressure. Actually, I'm glad. I'm glad he's not a manager in the Premier League for for that reason. Yeah, and not that reason alone. Um, so news in brief. Um, Loris Loris Carius. I keep pronouncing this name wrong. It's Loris Carius. Um, feels let down by Jurgen Klopp because we've signed a boss goalkeeper. As probably one of the only people left who's you know been a staunch supporter throughout of Loris Carius. So. Yeah. Are you surprised that he feels let down or not? Um, no, it's hard. I, th- I think, of course, he's going to feel let down as someone else taking this position and definitely becoming the number one. Um, but it's got to spare him on to be better, surely. Surely, yeah, you can feel let down in this moment, but you've got the rest of your career to show everyone else wrong, so I wouldn't feel too badly about it for him. Um, it's one of them. We're, we're going in to chance for the title. You need someone who's not going to make loads of mistakes and... Until Carrius can prove that. Look, I really like him, but he can fit. I, I think he's entitled to feel let down because yeah. I think he wanted to be given a little opportunity after the Champions League final, and we've not played a competitive game of football since then. So whether he feels he's had that opportunity or not, ultimately helped us get to that Champions League final, regardless of what happened in the final. Um, but. I do believe that we've seen goalkeepers win trophies at Liverpool yeah. and we've seen them shipped out. You know, yeah. you think Sander Vestfell won the treble with us in 2001, Jersey Dudek won the Champions League with us and both goalkeepers were replaced, one with Dudek and one with Pepe Reina. Um, so it's one of those positions where if you can get an upgrade, and this, is, this isn't just goalkeepers, this is any position. Yeah. If you get an upgrade, I'm sorry, but you've got to, you, the club comes first in these instances. Um, I don't think Liverpool will let Carrius go now. I think he will be the number two yeah. uh, going into this season. He's as you mentioned, he's got to let he's got to make that spare him on because so many there's so many occasions in, in sport and not just football where there is always a driving factor to why people are successful. And a lot of that down I think I think to the NFL and I think of Tom Brady he was drafted behind a ridiculous amount of quarterbacks, you know, when he came when he came out of college, and that spared him on to become the best player in yep. the NFL and that's ever played the game of American football. Loris Carrius has got to channel some of that 
and make sure that he's better off the back of it. And I'm sure he will, because, I mean, you look around at the squad, it's not like we've not bossed in other areas. Henderson's going to have to step his game up to make sure that he's in there ahead of Fabinho. He's our club captain, and he's mm. going to have to work hard. Then you're looking at uh, Gene Wijnaldum. I thought Cater might be taking that place. It looks like Oxlade-Chamberlain's place is, is under threat with Cater. But there's the, the, we've, we've bolstered. You've got all these players have got to take it on the chin and just go, well, this is for the good of the club. Uh, and I'm sure Loris Carius feels that way, if I'm honest. I'm sure he feels that way. You can feel a bit upset about it, but you've got to get on with it. You're a professional footballer. That's what you're there to be able to do. You, you've got to have a big squad. And Liverpool have got that now. And look, players are going to kind of drop off the map and you're never going to see this, this isn't this isn't Liverpool of three four years ago where our best players were going this is a much better scenario this is where our first team is from last season are unhappy because we're getting better players exactly. in that's a big change from three years ago when we sold Luis Suarez or you know last season when we sold Phil Coutinho or when Fernando Torres moved on or any of those <laughs> things this is completely different and it's much better for the football club uh, so a little bit of uh, news and brief uh, again we'll continue this with the US tour uh, what have you made of it so far all the stuff that you've seen coming out of America, Tom? Uh, it, I mean, it's boss, isn't it? For everyone over there in terms of the American fans and that. I wish there was a bit more of it over here in terms of, like, the the, the media stuff and all I that. I love how I was going towards this and you've already punched at it. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, it's great to see Klopp and the players go in and take selfies with Liverpool fans over there. I just wish, like you, that they could do that more often. And I, 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 I get it. I understand. Once you're in the season, you don't want any distractions like that. So they're going over to America. They're trying to big everything up, make it amazing to get the fans, the following over there. And look, there are some massive reds over there. Don't like huge reds but they just can't get to Liverpool all the time to watch the game. So there's some massive thing for them. I'm sure there's plenty of Americans probably watching who've travelled across the country to make sure that they can see these yeah. these, these players. So I think that's boss. Um, I mean, the footballs, the Dortmund game, I don't think was a very good game of football, really. Um, I'm hoping... It, it, the, the big one for me is going to be United. I don't really care about City. I think United, we kind of have to win that. I'll be upset if we don't win. I don't know why. I just I feel like I'll be upset. I, I, I could understand where you're coming from because I think, you know, judging by Man United fans that I see on Twitter and all that type of stuff, it feels like they're in a bit of a meltdown. And yeah. I don't really understand why. Now, maybe they'll obviously understand more than me. I think I've seen rumours of Martial going out and Harry Maguire coming in. It's the style of football that Jose Mourinho's playing yeah. and all that type of stuff. And you can see the the neighbours from down the M62 Liverpool, us going out and signing big players okay. to improve the side. And you wonder into yourself whether... If you're a Manchester United fan, you're probably looking at going, sugar root, these are making some big oh, yeah. headway here. And I wonder whether we're going to be able to stick on their coattails, never mind Manchester City. So I suppose it does feel important in that regard. Like if we can just get your foot on the neck yeah. and slam it down and make sure that they're not coming back from that, yeah. that could really alter their season. Exactly. And we, look, we, we came... We came behind them last season, United. Man City ran away with the league. They deserved to win that league massively. Amazing campaign. But I think we should have been closer to United. And I think next season is going to be the one where we kind of go, you're kind of finished now, lads, in terms of our battles. Look, you might win a game against us at Old Trafford, but in terms of the whole season, we've got to make a statement here and just go, see you, you're finished. You spent loads of money getting yourselves back there to you finish second, fair play to you, but we're doing it a better way and we're gonna we're gonna show you. 
Absolutely. Um, another couple of things, a couple of players that have gone out over the last sort of few days since the last podcast. Certainly, Danny Ward's gone out for twelve and a half million with mm. a twenty percent uh, sell-on clause in his contract to Leicester City, and Ryan Kent's gone to Rangers on loan. Stephen Gerrard's tenth signing in the summer, third technically from Liverpool after Ovi Ajaria, and then um, why do I keep forgetting his name all the time? The right back. John Flanagan, there we go. <laughs> um, so, on the ward stuff, Tom, I think, at the time, I thought, absolutely fine, I totally understand that, I think we've treated Danny Ward pretty badly, yeah. Klopp's a humanist, first and foremost, he likes to make sure that he's fair to the players who play for him, and he likes to make sure, just like Danny Ings, that people who have stuck around for him and haven't been utilised quite how he expected them to be utilised, are going to get a fair crack of the whip, and I think for Danny Ward, that meant to move away, yeah. and I think for... Danny Ings, that probably means a move away as well because uh, there was rumours of him wanting to go out in January and Klopp said, listen, I'll need you between now and the end of the campaign. I'll stay with you. Stay with me for six months and we'll let you go. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that. But Carrier's coming out over the last day or so and saying he feels let down does feel a little bit like I'd really like to keep Ward around here. Yeah, and but we can't forget we still have Mignolet there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really thought he was going to be the first one out. I was surprised Ward went out before them. So if if look if Lloris Carius decides to put his gloves down, we've got an experienced goalkeeper there who can sit on the bench, really. Um, yeah, the word the word thing is for me. I I want to see him play first team football, and Allison's better than him, so do it somewhere else. I I I will be supporting him at Leicester. I I don't like Leicester because of the. Uh, the, the People va- more leagues than us in the Premier League. Yeah, and they sang that song, and then Vardy scored a worldy. And to be fair, they battered us that day, but the fans really, really annoyed me. So I just there's something about Leicester. But I was, I, I was with you those days, wasn't I? And yeah, they hurt man. That really hurt. That really hurt me. That I don't want to talk about it. Um, but look, I'll be supporting them because I want Ward to do well until they play us. Really? What about yourself? I, I really like Danny Ward, and I don't think he was given a fair crack of the whip, and I do want him to do well. I don't want him to do well at Leicester, though. Um, but I do... I'm I'm more interested to see what type of a goalkeeper he is, yeah. how good this lad actually is, because it feels like we know that he was good on his um, loan deal to Aberdeen. We know he was good for Huddersfield yeah. in their promotion push a couple of years ago, and I just want to be able to know whether Liverpool have made a mistake or not. Yeah. And you get an answer when you can see him play first-team football. And it might be that Liverpool haven't, and it probably is that Liverpool haven't made a mistake here, because ultimately we've got Alisson, and Alisson will be a better, and is a better goalkeeper yeah. than, than Danny Ward. But I just want to know. I just want to see him play football, see him with my own two eyes, and, and hopefully he does go on and have a good career. Uh, if it's not at Leicester, that would be perfect. Uh, another one, uh, last news in brief topic: Joel Matip. Um, he's back in, or he, he was flying back to Liverpool yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably back here now. Looks like he's had a small tear in his quad, Tom. It's it's annoying, isn't it? I mean, I rate Joe Matip, I do, I know he's not put in the performances that we expect of him really and, and a lot of people, I think you use the word passive and I think that, that sums him up really well, I, I think he's a good defender though, when he first came in, he was really, really good, I know we, we at that point we didn't have Van Dijk and we were shaky at the back, we were, but I, I, I really like, like, I remember Sacco, mm-hmm. I really liked his passing, even though he was Bambi on ice. And John Matip's just was a step up from that. So you're looking at it and going, it's hard because you look at him now compared to Virgil van Dijk. Van Dijk's got the passing range. He's got the situational awareness. He's just a brute of a man. And it's hard though because you, you we need that cover. We've been looking at the defence all, all pre-season and before going, yeah, we're stacked in defence. And then 
John Matip gets injured and you're thinking, hmm, it's, it's a hard one. I'd That's it, I think uh, we've had a few people ask us this question, so I'll, I'll aim it for you and then I'll have an answer myself. Um, a lot of people have been saying stuff like, you know, first game of the season with the players that are available, who would you be starting? Now, I'll tailor that question to the back four, Tom. Um, obviously, it looks like Joel Matip's going to be injured. Dejan Lovren probably won't be available for the first mm. game of the season against West Ham, which leaves us with Clavin, Van Dijk, Gomez, Nat Phillips. Yeah. Who are you starting? It's got to be Clavin and Van Dijk, hasn't it? And I know that means switching Van Dijk's position, but I think he can do that. Um, it's, a, it's a tough one because I'd want Gomez there, but I know we're going to come on to a question later, but... I I want Gomez to be to be there, but it's Clavan. It's got to be because he's that's why he's in the squad. Uh, he's never let us down. He he rarely makes mistakes, and he does boss step overs and stuff. And he's look, he's a good, he's a good centre back, Clavan. Yeah. He's a he's a consummate professional, and I think that's why he'll get in there for me. Really. I, I agree. I think that's the that is the starting centre back partnership, and one of the reasons that I I believe that that's the case. And we were talking about this upstairs in the office, obviously off camera and stuff is. I want to see Trent play right back for Liverpool this yep. season. Now, I don't think he's going to be fit and available for the first game of the season again, which means it's probably going to be Klein, so maybe my points moot on this one. But I don't see that a partnership of Van Dijk and Gomez, as much as I want to see that, if Trent's your first choice right back, yep. that right-hand side seems really weak to me yep. with Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold there. And I just wonder whether Clavin and Van Dijk give you that little bit more experience. We know it's difficult in the first games of the season. No one's really firing on all cylinders. You've just Sometimes you've just got to scrape out victories at the start of the yep. season and having the experience of Ragnar Clavin in there, who will be fresh and who is very, very fit. And as you say, the consummate professional, I just think, that gives us a better platform to go and try and win a game of footy. A question for you then, would you have clients starting over Gomez? First game of the season, if you have to pick between them two, um, let's say Van, right Van Dijk and Clavan, yeah? Because I don't know if I'd play Klein, I really don't know. I. It's a tough one. I really like what Gomez has been offering at right back in pre-season and I know what he can do there yeah. um, during the season as well. Again, it comes back to, I really feel like you need to scrape out results. Yeah. And I think Klein gives us the best chance of that early on in the season. And then Trent's your, then Trent's your number one right back. Like. That's fair play. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I can see that too. I, it's just more on the attacking thing. But then, conversely, if we just go right, Robbo, attack down the left, and we'll kind of sit Klein back for this first game until Trent's back. We saw it to really good effect, to be fair. It was Gomez who kind of sat back a few times last season. So I guess that could be an option. Okay. Um, okay, just a, a little plug. We've got a few tickets left, not many now, for the uh, live show in Dublin. Um, so a Murray's Bar, the day before the Liverpool versus Napoli game, right in the centre of Dublin, we will be doing a live show. It'll be me, Paul, Tom, a um, few other people. And we've got a, a, a Liverpool musician, Drew, who did our last live show with us. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, it's really it's going to be a great night you can get tickets at bit.ly forward slash rmtv dub as I say there are only a few tickets left they're 15 euros each and they're available on C tickets so go over there and get the last few tickets while there's still an opportunity uh, we're going to get into the main talking point of this podcast now and that's the big Liverpool clear out Tom um, an article was written by 
Neil Jones, formerly the Echo, now of Goal.com, yeah. um, saying that Liverpool want to raise 70 million quid plus wow. through player sales between now and the and the, the, the start, the end of the transfer window. It's only a couple of weeks away. Um, one of those players mentioned was Divock Origi, and Liverpool have slapped, because you always slap an asking price on oh, someone, yeah. you never just place an asking no, price, no. do you, or just mark them up, you slap yeah, an yeah. asking price oh, on. Yeah. Uh, and it's 27 million quid wow. for Divock Origi. Wow. And but to be fair, he's still young. Twenty three years old. Man. He's he's an okay player. He'll do a job when he's not being put on the wing. And there are teams out there that could utilize him really well. I know he he didn't have a great uh, time last season alone, but he kept the, he kept them up, didn't he, or something like that. He, he I'm basically sure Wolfberg's finished. To be honest with he, you, he 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 did the business at the end of the season anyway. In the last few games, I'm sure he scored a few goals and helped them do whatever they wanted to do. I can't, I can't remember. I don't watch much German football to be honest. Um, people will pay that in this market. I think people will pay that if people are gonna pay twenty mil for Danny Hings who's got a really bad injury record, mm-hmm. then I, I, I can see that happening. I, I, I wonder whether Liverpool are looking for £20 million on this deal. I think you know there's got to be a little bit of give and take on someone like a Divock Origi. You start high and you meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I imagine people will be looking to try and sign him for around about 15 million, pointing at the fact that you know he had a, a disappointing loan spell at Wolfsburg, although he did score seven goals for them, and pointing at the fact that he can't get into the Liverpool side and we've got probably no space for him either. Or the Belgium side as well. Exactly. So you know this is a lad who is a centre forward first and foremost, and isn't in our top three centre forwards. Yeah. So I think 27 million quid for someone like. That seems a little bit rich. Um, I, but again, I think the way we've been selling players, look, remember we got 15 mil for Jordan Ibe, and that's that's just it's sitting there and listing all the pros and leaving out all the cons, you know what I mean? They're just going, there you go, he's a good player, he can do this. I wonder if they've got like their own YouTube reels that they show them, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where he's like, see this, see how good he is, you know. I don't know, but yeah, I think. Edwards could do a job there. I think that's one of the things that Liverpool have really impressed me with. Obviously, we're signing players for most of the time good market value, but we understand the market that we're playing in. Yeah. I think Liverpool understand that better than anybody, and we've been selling players really well for a few years now. I think you know the Christian Benteke one, getting about thirty odd million from Crystal Palace yeah. for that one. We let it drag on for a while, but we got our money. You mentioned the job Jordan Ibe, the Brad Jones to Bournemouth as well for six million quid. Stewart as well was another Ward one. Ward this season for yeah. twelve and a half. Stewart as well, yeah. Um, Liverpool understand the market they're in, and, I, and I'm going to nick Sam Maguire's line on this because he did a really great article on Football Whispers. He's a great writer. Uh, go and check him out uh, at Sam Maguire on Twitter. Uh, his, his point is, you know, it's a post-Neymar world yeah. now, and I, it got me thinking about it. And, you know, when you're thinking of, like, 50 million quid for someone like a Harry Maguire or Richarlison, you know, in the news recently for Everton and stuff, I wonder whether when Pogba was sold for about 90 million, we bought Adam Lallana for about 25. Yeah. As, as average players seem to be around about a quarter of the top fee sold. So 50 million seems to be a bad average for a good player yeah. nowadays. Um, I wonder whether we're in that market and we realise that actually, you know what, Divock Origi's a squad player, 27 million. Let's throw that on him, let's slap that asking price on him and see what we can get. Yeah. Somebody, goals cost a lot of money, ultimately. And, that's, that's it, isn't and it? teams need goal scorers and somebody will give him an opportunity. Uh, do you think there's a space in the squad for him though, Tom? Um, it's hard because I don't know what he brings anymore. He was really good at breaking the lines and getting through but if we we want that, we've got two wingers who can do that. Three with Shakiri in there, and 
if he can't play on the wings very well or effectively in the side, then I don't see the point in it. Um, at this moment in time, I'd rather have Daniel Sturridge in there, regardless of his fitness issues, because you know that he's got a bit of quality in there. You know his touch is perfect, whereas Divock Origi, with the ball at his feet, just doesn't doesn't have the same skills yet, and that could be confidence because you saw him in the in the Europa League run. He was vital in getting us through Absolutely, them. and he does have quick feet, and he does like to utilise those little tricks and flicks that he's got in his locker, um, but we've not seen it. I wonder if it is a confidence issue, like you say. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question now. Rank Divock rank our forwards one to four. So it's, or one to five, whatever it's, you want. It's Bobby, first and foremost. Then it's Sturridge. Mm-hmm. Then it's Solanke, just because of his youth. Um, and then it's hard between Ings and Origi, because... I really like Ings and Deva. I really, really like the fact that look, he's worked his way back a few times, and he's got he got his goal last season. He was always in and about, but I think they're both on the same level. I'm gonna say four and four for both of them because I just don't think they're good enough at this point for what we want to do. Mm-hmm. For other teams, they might be fantastic, prolific goal scorers. You saw Danny Ings with Burnley before he came to us and stuff like that. But for what we want to do. You can't get past. You need someone who can drop in there and play a pass like Studder just starting to try and do. Firmino can do. I don't think Solanke is what we've got him in there for. I think Solanke's put a ball in the box. Mm-hmm. So he's our third option. What, what about yourself? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the, the order that Klopp sees them in is probably uh, Firmino, Sturridge, Solanke, and then the other two. And I'm, I'll, I'll take Ings out of it because I think he is going to go. So yeah. therefore, Origi's my number four. The, the order that I think of them in is strikers. Are Firmino, Sturridge, Origi, Solanke. Okay, but I don't. I'm not basing that on fitting our system. I think That's he's a. I think scoring. he's a good striker who scored goals, yeah. and therefore he's ahead of Dom Solanke. But fitting our system, I think you have to move Solanke above yeah. Divock Origi. Okay, on to Simon Mignolet then, Tom. We've gone from Origi, where we're probably thinking it's slightly over market value at 27 million quid. For me, I don't know whether you agree with this. Simon Mignolet seems to be undervalued at 10 million quid. Yeah, I mean it depends what the club we're selling to wants to use him for. I think if they want him as a first team goalkeeper, mm-hmm. I think we raise that price just to. They look, they're in the market for a first-team goalkeeper. They're looking for a backup, say, Barcelona. And I think £10 million's probably OK. I, you can't really ask for too much there, and I don't know. No, I, I disagree. I think, you know, we've just sold Danny Ward for 12 and a half. It's true. Simon Mealy's 30 years old, and yeah. he's been a Premier League goalkeeper for probably eight, nine seasons. Yeah. It feels like... We know Simon Mignolet's limitations, but in a different type of a side, I feel like he could still be a good goalkeeper. He was a good goalkeeper at Sunderland. He's a good shot stopper while yeah. at Liverpool. He just doesn't seem to fit our system. He never quite had that rapport with the centre-halves and the full-backs that I think you know, Klopp wanted to see from him. But I do, you know, this lad's a good goalkeeper. He's Belgium's backup. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been to he's been to the World Cup. He, he's experienced. I don't know, it just feels far too cheap. Yeah, I mean, if you if you think back at some of the performances he put in, I'm not talking about his mistakes where he lets the ball roll out of play, I'm talking about the ones no one seems to talk about anymore, like Stoke away. You talk about Stoke all the time. I love that Stoke game because it, it, it encapsulated everything that was good about the team. Not the one where he saved the penalty against him. I always say this as well whenever you talk about Stoke. Well, I mean, that 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 too. I, but he saved, he saved so many penalties for us. It was the start of 13-14, there was a run of three games, was 
wasn't it? One nils, and he the first game he saves a pen in it. But that, again, I sorry, I, I kind of glossed over the Stoke point. He he was vital in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, first half we were really really bad. Look, we had Trent and Woodburn on the pitch, and we were trying to rest Coutinho and Firmino. Didn't work. Second half we brought them on, and look, they scored two goals, two one. But he saved like three shots at the end of that. Proper world class saves. I'm not asked. He they are hard saves to make, and he pulled them off. And he was a big part of us getting Champions League football last season, in my eyes. And you can't discredit that. Have you convinced yourself that he's worth more than ten million quid in the last two minutes? Yes, he is. He he's is. got. He's got to be in a world where Divacarigi's worth twenty-seven million quid, and Markovic is worth six. Right, Sam and Mignolet's yeah. closer to Divock Origi than he is Markovic, unless, let's be perfectly honest with unless you. Unless we just want him off the books. Unless they've just gone his like, wage. Uh, his wage is too high. I right must now. admit, I'm looking at him thinking, if, you go, if you're only going to get 10 million quid for him, I'd rather him be my backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. And, and If you give me 20, get him off the books, get someone else through the doors, whatever. But for 10 million you can't buy no one for 10 million quid, so what's the point? Yeah, I... <laughs> It is hard, isn't it? I mean, in terms of clubs in the Premier League that he's going to go to, um, I, I think... It's like you were preempting a question. Oh, yeah, it's like we've already asked this question. Uh, but I'd, I'd say Everton below, so that's seventh and below. I think he will be first choice in any of them teams. I mean, all the Everton fans will go, oh, no, Pickford. But, I mean, Sam Mignolet's... I think, personally, I do think Pickford's a better keeper. And I think there are probably another couple of goalkeepers down there, you know, Nick Pope, for example, who, who might be a better fit. But he'd do a job in that Yeah, he could. He could absolutely do a job, and that's yeah. the point, isn't it? That's why £10 million feels far too cheap. Uh, another guy that we're looking to raise, uh, quite a windfall for, <laughs> is uh, Danny Ings, £20 million. Quid. It's nice to be holding Southampton over the barrel yeah. for once, isn't it? Yeah. They've yeah. screwed with us on, on uh, you know, Dejan Lovren, Virgil van Dijk. Let's get some of that money back into John yeah. W. Henry's pockets. And he'll do well at Southampton. He he's a, We haven't seen it at Liverpool because he's just been injured, but he came to us as a pretty good goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 goals for Burnley in his final season there. And and he was he was one of them where you looked at him and you always thought he was dangerous. He's like a he's like triple what Shane Long is, you know what I mean? Um, and So is he a 30-goal a season striker? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know, I think you said it before with Origi, goals cost money. Danny Ings is going to get your goals. Who's, I don't even know who Southampton's... Strikers are. Did he still have Berahino or something like that? No, I don't even know. No, Is no. he at Sunderland or something? Don't I just don't. I just don't watch footy. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to stick with what you do now, and you do know Liverpool and Liverpool players. Yeah. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Danny Ings, listen, I think the, 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 the one thing with Danny Ings is that we know that he's had two major injuries and we know that he's only scored one Premier League goal last season. That would make me think that you're not getting 20 million quid for him. Yeah. Me and Paul had this conversation on the podcast, I think it was a podcast a few weeks ago actually. Paul was Paul disagreed with me, absolutely fair enough. I think, I think his, some of his points stood, I think some of my points stood. Um, I think Danny Ings will get you 10 to 15 goals in a season if he's playing to his strength and playing at the top of his ability. And, and week in, week out. And week in, week out. And that's yeah. the thing. I don't think Danny Ings is a guy who, who's very good off the bench. You know, it's a very difficult skill to master. Um, you have to be so switched on and concentrated. And I think that's why you can think back over the years in the Premier League and there's not many guys you think, brilliant off the bench. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer... Solskjaer is the first one that I think of and think yeah. he was amazing off the bench. You know, we've got our own David Fairclough, super sub, uh, going back. Chikorito was brilliant off the bench and stuff like that. It's a skill because I think what you'd have to realise, and maybe a lot of people don't realise this, is they have to watch the game. Yeah. Solskjaer spoke about this at length and he'd be watching, not the game, He'd be watching the centre halves that he could potentially come up for, yeah. and it's very difficult to not watch the football sometimes, especially when you're so invested in the game. And he'd be looking at it and going, mm, "Right, that centre back just twisted his ankle there. I can get at that. Yeah. I can utilise that, yeah. and I can see how they're moving and what that defensive line is doing. And you're almost studying just in case you get five minutes at the end of the game. Danny Ings maybe doesn't have that. Solskjaer did. A uh, guy that." Um, I've misspelt on the agenda, um, but we're looking to get six million quid for, which I think is maybe six million too much. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I don't think so. Um, Lazar Markovic. I think you're being harsh there. I think he, again, will do a job, but he'll do a job, but I don't think he'll do a job in the Premier League. Um, honestly, I just don't think he's a fit for it. We've got him for 20 mil. Any money back is going to be good money look we've loaned him out for like two seasons or something stupid three seasons maybe um is he literally just on the US tour so someone will place a bid for him well that's the that's that's what it looks like now I, we we looked at it and I was wondering look with short on that left hand side he's playing on that left hand side does he cover for Mane in there but he's never gonna drift into that center area and do a job for us in the Champions League and score loads of goals he's never gonna do that in my eyes and I, I, he will do a job for someone. He will do. He's a he's an alright player. He's just not good enough for Liverpool. We need the best of the best at this point. You can't be keeping Markovic on the books. I'm sorry. Yeah, and final final um, question uh, around about Pedro Kiravea here. Uh, we're looking for buttons for him. I'm a little bit disappointed because I've you know we've interviewed Pedro Kiravea a yeah. few years ago and he's a such a nice guy yeah. and he's such a talented footballer. He feels to me like 
he would have been in this side had it had Brendan Rodgers still been in control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he just is not the right type of player for a club system. No, that that's that's the problem. Sometimes that happens to players, doesn't it? You 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 bring in a you brought in by a manager and you're like a few years down the line, lad, you're getting utilised because you're exactly what I want, and then the manager just. Goes down, goes down the pot, goes down the six foot three, six foot four inch lads exactly. route, and that's the end of Pedro Chiavea. Yeah. Uh, I wish him all the best. Actually, I really yeah, do yeah. hope that he can go on and have a good career because, as I say, really, really nice bloke uh, and immensely talented. He's a wonderful technician, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get on to some of the questions now. Uh, we're going to do a few questions. Then we're going to do what we do, what we did last week, and that was stay uh, and answer a few more questions just for subscribers of the RedmenTV.com. Uh, this one was from the website uh, special last week. Uh, this is Harshall. Thanks for the question, Harshall. Much appreciated. Um, question for the next podcast: Picking a pick a starting eleven from players who've played this preseason and have impressed you the most. Hopefully, Lauren sees this because Lauren was behind the camera and we told her that um, she had to remind us, and she did. She did on Twitter. Yeah. Fair play to her. She's not been here and she still reminds us. Me and Paul are totally forgotten. Yeah. Like it was not getting done. Like. Um, well, in that, is, that is. But hang on. Oh, excuse me. What, what, what did you do? She I told Lauren to remind me next week when I inevitably forgot. I'm the big winner here. <laughs> you are the winner. You, you, I mean, if you didn't tell anyone, it just looked like you did it all the way. There you go. I don't, I'm confused. Um, okay, so um, answer the question, Tom. Uh, so, Carius in goal. Oh, has he impressed you? Well, I mean, who else are you picking? Are we getting Grabada? Is that, is that or the, the other kid who's 12? Kalaha. Yeah, is that how you say it? Yeah, oh. and I'm fair, fair. You know what? He might be an amazing goalkeeper in the future. Just Carius is better than him right now. He is. I mean, the question was, who's impressed you the most? Carius. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's. I'm going to do my goalkeeper now as well, Carius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because yeah, right. because ultimately I want to win, and he's a better goalkeeper exactly. right now. Who else are you picking? Uh, then me back four is Gomez, right back Van Dijk, Clavan, and Robbo. Um, just purely because I really like Gomez at right back there. I think he's offered us something in there. Then it's Fabinho as a defensive mid, Cater and Lallana. Um, Lallana, I mean, Fabinho and Cater, we know why yeah. they've been boss. All but Lallana's just been in and around there every single game. He's looked sharp. He looks like he wants to force his way into the side. He he knows he needs to perform, and he has been. Um, Camacho on the right-hand side for me, I think, look, he's not big enough, he's not strong enough yet, but he's got... He's got something in there you can see, and then storage in the middle and Solanke on the left. For me. You were doing so well until you forgot Curtis Jones. Yeah, look, fair enough, but where's he fitting in? He's not getting he's in ahead of Solanke's place. Yeah, maybe actually, maybe. That other than that, I couldn't. I mean, I've gone different, but I couldn't argue with any of the yeah. others. So I've gone with Klein at right back and Gomez centre half, Van Dijk and Robbo. And now I know I mentioned earlier on that you know Gomez. And Trent's probably not a, a centre-back, right-back partnership that you want. But I do feel like Nathaniel Klein's obviously a great footballer. Yeah. And I do want to see Gomez and Van Dijk given an opportunity at points during the season. Yeah. So I've gone with that. Fabinho, Keita and Lallana. Although I will add, Adam is a player that I absolutely adore. I just think he, he moves so gracefully on the yeah. football field. His touch is fantastic. I feel like he hasn't. he's underwhelmed slightly during pre-season. I've seen bursts and moments during games where I think 
And the Tramier game, I thought he was brilliant linking up with Kent. And I think Robertson on the left-hand side in that game, I thought he was superb. But when I had a different view and I wasn't in the end and we were in the press box, and I don't know whether this is something that we'll have to get used to because we've not had Adam Lallana on the side for a lot. He has this almost free role where he can go up to the left-hand side and he go up to the right-hand side. And actually, what was happening during the last game against Blackburn is Dom Slanky was playing left wing, Will Lallana was playing central. And... Solanke's ending up having to cover yeah. for Lalana as he goes missing to the right hand side of the field and we were getting roasted on Dom Solanke it ended up the, you know, a, a, a cursory glance you'd think what's Solanke doing here he's doing shit yeah. it was because of Lalana's yeah, movement yeah, yeah. And, and just being anywhere he wants that the actual the rest of the team didn't seem to fit I think that, that'll that be ironed out I have yeah. no issues with yeah, Adam yeah. Lalana. it's pre-season but it is something that does concern me a little touch uh, and then for me Camacho on the right hand side I've been really impressed with him both at right back and at right wing yeah, yeah, yeah. Sturridge up top he's been absolutely superb and Curtis Jones has probably been my player of pre-season I yeah. think he's been fantastic Fair and play. he's absolutely getting in at the left wing it, it, it's hard though because I'm looking at it like I think Solanke's going to get in the team before Jones is yeah. uh, like Solanke's getting in at left wing before Jones is that, that's just how it is I think he's just further along his development and I'm not saying that Jones isn't a good player because he's going to be really good when he's when he's linking up when he's not trying to be showing off his skills and he's playing for the team he's been really really good playing it in really good technically um, yeah I, I'm I, it, the best thing about this preseason has been you, you Right, we might not get to see Jones or Camacho mm-hmm. or Phillips for the rest of the season, but we know now that they're there. We know that they're, they're in there for the future. And look, League Cup games, stuff like that. I'd love to see them play there, get the opportunity. Okay, uh, Bry says, question for next week. Why are we attempting to sign a Coutinho replacement like Fakir or someone of that style when our play clearly improved so much when we sold Coutinho? Uh, I agree that it, it did improve, but then... Look at some of the goals that we scored when Coutinho was in that team. Look at the like, we we paced the teams, and he was a big part of that as well. Someone just outside the box, you can stick one into the top bin. I, I mean, we've got that in in abundance because the rest of our front three can do that. But let's just have another one. I think if we can find someone who fits the system better, because I think Coutinho didn't he didn't like to track back. He'd let a runner go past him and stuff like that. If you can get someone that can do that job as well. Kind of that's what actually Chamberlain kind of turned mm-hmm. into, wasn't it? In that role, he was uh, we uh, not Coutinho, but a player who can play in the, that area of the pitch is what we need. I think. Yeah, I think it's all about versatility for me. I don't think, I don't think it's as cut and dry as we're signing Fakir to play the number ten. Yeah. If we were interested in Fakir, you know, I know that he can play as a false nine. I know that he can do bits out on the left hand side. Phil Coutinho's best games for us last season came on the left wing. Yeah. Not in centre midfield, and and that's the thing that I think people are forgetting more than anything is that when he was playing bang in form and he played brilliantly last yeah, season yeah. for Coutinho, a lot of that was down to the, uh, down on the left hand side, and I think we need somebody who's going to offer us that versatility. He's going to be able to play in one of those front three positions and maybe centrally if we need him. And I think that's why we're in for Fakir rather than he's just going to be a straight number ten and we're going to play four two three one. Yeah. Um. So Matt Murph sixty three. If you could only have one of the following before deadline, what would it be, Tom? One, an attacking creative midfield, i.e. Fakir or Zaitch. Two, a high-quality centre-back to spell 
or compete with Lovren, e.g. Lascelles, or three, a forward winger to back up Firmino and co, i.e. Pulisic. It's got to be the forward winger. It's got to be that left-hand side. I just think we're still short. Um, uh, it's hard because I think probably in January we, we, we might see that, look, we need to bring someone in. I just really feel like we're bad on that side still. Um, I'm not worried because, look, we've got a great squad there and we'll be able to move things around and make sure it works. But if we just had a Shaqiri, but who played left-hand side, you know what I mean? Uh, Shaqiri might be able to cover over that side. To be fair to him, I don't know how he's going to play, but I feel like in terms of centre-back, we're stacked, in my opinion. Even with the matter injury, where I was saying there was doubts before in the podcast, I think we're pretty good. The attacking creative mid, fair enough, but then we've, we will have Oxlade-Chamberlain come on back. We've got Lalana there, Keita can play there. Is my the only concern with the Alex Oxley Chamberlain stuff is he might not be back this season, and that's a, that's a thing, like that isn't is it? Thing, yeah. uh, so again, I kind of see one and three as the same. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've mentioned that literally in the last question. I feel like the attacking creative mid is a forward winger at the same time. If you yeah. can get something like that, I'd go for that. Although, here's where I'm a little bit torn. I think Lovren's good enough, but if he's not good enough. I'd always rather improve the first team, in which case I'd guess it would be the centre-back. I'm sitting on the fence. Apologies. Would I can you... Do that. Someone was talking about on the website subscribers group, um, Martial, if you just got him yeah. and just stuck him on the left wing... I'd have him. I'd have him all day. Would you have him over an attacking mid? Say if you had to pick the winger or the attacking mid, what would you rather have? Um... I think Marnie can play the 10, okay. so I'll maybe take the left winger. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, who knows? Uh, at Dan Bliss, how well do you think Salah will play next season? You see many rival fans saying Salah's a one-season wonder, but what's your take on it? I'll answer this one first. Yeah. I don't think he's a one-season wonder. I don't know whether... We're, I don't think we'll get the output that we got last season. No. I no. think you know it's going to be much harder for most Salah. Teams will have the tape on us all season long. But I do feel like he's a 30, 35 goal a season striker still. I just think his instincts are too good and his pace is too good. And he is ultimately just too good to not score goals in this league and in Europe. And in Cups, if he plays in them, he's got that drive. He wants to be the best player in the world. Yeah. You know, you can see when, when you watch a player like Mo Salah or you watch a player like Luis Suarez or Steven Gerrard, you can just see they're destined for greatness. Mo Salah is destined for greatness. He is not a one-season wonder. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. It's it, it's weird when I think about Mo Salah because I think about our front three as a unit. Mm-hmm. I don't really see... Obviously, you take them as individuals. You've got to because they are and they're all good at different parts of the games. But as long as we can get our front three on the pitch, all of them are going to create and score goals. That, that, that Roma game, he set up four goals. He scored two, sorry, and set up... Two, maybe even the third. Maybe he's got. He's he was involved in all of them or something stupid like that, and that's the best thing is he'll play well and not score. Does that mean he didn't play well? You know what I mean. Mm. It, it, he might not get the output, but he's always going to be creating goals. He's always going to be stretching the play. He's always going to be a vital part in this team unless he unless he gets injured. And 
that's that's one thing I think we need to be wary of. He might not get the goals output, but he will still create a lot of opportunities for, for other people. I to completely score. agree with that. Um, the Klopp slash McGregor Dawn, Adam got talent. Uh, I think this squad of players can challenge for the Premier League title or even win it, but my only worry is getting injuries. What are your thoughts on this, Tom Dutton? Um, it depends massively on Man City. I think if they just storm the league again, I don't think we're going to be able to compete with that if they get 100 points I really don't think we can um, but if they have a drop off which is very possible um, a lot of their players are not getting back until pretty much the start of the season if we can get a strong start going and basically just cement our place in the top three places at the very start and just keep it going from there I don't see why we can't win the league I don't want to get too hyped at the moment because I've been burnt by that in the past. I think we can. Hits. I think we can win the league. I think we will challenge for the league. Um, the uh, much like you, if Man City play at the level they played that last season, I think everyone's going to have to just sit on their hands for a couple of years and yeah. wait for them to drop Genuinely off. To be honest though. with you, because that's as good a side I've ever seen in the Premier League. That Man City, and they've only improved it with the signing of um, Mares, or at least they've only improved the squad anyway. Yeah. Uh, they're a young side, much like us. They do have their they do have their frailties. I think you know if you if yeah, if Vincent Company's not available, I don't think they're as good a side defensively. No. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think it's about putting them under pressure. And you mentioned that there, Tom. You mentioned about having that strong start. Manchester United, Manchester City had won the league by December, give or take. Yeah. You know there was no pressure on them. Yes, they're all winners. Yes, they've all done it before. Yes, they've all won the Premier League, but they've not been in a title race yet. And you just don't know how these players are going to react to Liverpool breathing down their neck. Yeah. You know, Liverpool go and play a Saturday 12.30 game and they've got a big game on the Sunday and they're, they're one, Liverpool are one point ahead. Yeah. How do that Man City side get, get, get themselves framed yeah. mentally for that game? Can they perform when they're under pressure? Can you keep that pressure on them over Christmas? Can you keep it on when they're fighting for the Champions League? And there will be no doubt that is the trophy that oh. they want to win more than any other, the to. Champions League. They have to. The amount exactly of money right. they've spent on and that. they've got the squad to be able to do the oh, double yeah. or the treble or the quadruple they really do but can they do it when Liverpool are full pelt I don't know and it's and it the big players in their season last season obviously Kevin De Bruyne and Sané and Sterling but they were the old guard as well yeah. Aguero did very well David Silva Silver, very company. well company and it's whether they can keep it up again uh, I've looked they're good enough to do it. Yeah, company and uh, company. Sorry, and Silver scored in the cup final, didn't they? Yeah. For them, you know, they're, uh, they're fantastic players. And you, I've always been so envious of them having those two players in particular, um, because just they've done it for so many years at the highest level, and especially companies been there through when they were mm. when they just got the money. And now all the way through, he's a massive part of that team, keeping it grounded as well. I think. Um, if they can pull it off again, then they've won the league, in my opinion. But I think we we are ready for the title challenge. We have the we've bolstered. We've got good feelings. Look, I know we didn't win the Champions League last season, but we defeated some big teams and Man City in the run of that. Man City should be scared of us because Absolutely. we're good. Well said. Uh, at Reese 26 o'clock on Twitter, Chris earlier mentioned Liverpool's options at centre back versus West Ham on the live stream. So, want to know thoughts on both Trent and Gomez starting as they're both be right back and right centre back? Is it too inexperienced? I think we've answered this one earlier on in the in, in the show, haven't we? I do think it probably is a little bit too inexperienced. Uh, at Mauler 1708, what's your favourite album of all time, Tom? 
Okay, so this is this, this is hard. I mean, I really like Blue by Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. That's one of my one of my all time favorite albums. Just just nineties alt rock boss. And two thousand and one by Dr. Dre. That it's album. A good album. It's so good. I remember the first time I listened to it all the way through, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the furthest away from a Compton gangster, but uh, yeah, I like it. Okay, I mind. I fl- I change the answer to this every time someone asks me the yeah. question because I go through fits and starts with bands and music and all that but one constant of my adult life is MTV plugged Nirvana yeah and it's not an album as such but I listen to that as an album more than absolutely anything I remember reading I think it was Charles R Cross did the biography on Kurt Cobain and he and he suggested in the biography to listen to the album as you read in his book and listen to I think it's Polly where his voice breaks and he talks about it and every single time I listen to it, I think back to reading that book I think back to that summer and I just love everything about that I mean the covers that he did on that they did on MTV Unplugged I love acoustic music anyway it's incredible Nirvana are one of my favorite bands of all time so that a recent one the last four years I've been obsessed with the whole steady so boys and girls in America from early 2000s and what's the story Morning Glory from Oasis I mean that was just my that was just my teens yeah no it's fair enough it, it, this is a really hard thing for me because I never really listen to albums in full I'll listen to the singles and then I'll pick a few out just because that's the way I listen to music Um, basically because I used to download it all from LimeWire and it was hard to get albums back then Um, but yeah I there's so many just but like I could sit here and I could name you another three. Um I don't know the names of them, the albums themselves, but I know like the Lars, um it had loaded the doldrums on and stuff. That album's fantastic as well. Really, really good by Lee Mavers. Yeah, just just there's so much good stuff out there, like. There's loads, isn't there? Um, okay, Smalley Boy on Twitter, unsung hero of next season. Um I'll go first on this one. I've go. got I've got two players in mind for this. Uh, I think first and foremost, a player that everybody thinks isn't going to be in the starting eleven next season. A player that captain does last season and is the club captain. Yeah. I think Jordan Henderson. I think yeah. he's coming off the back of a great World Cup for England, where it seems like the media have finally sat up and noticed who he is. Yeah. We've known this for a long time. Feels like Liverpool fans are like oh, Fabinho and Keita and whoever else. I think Jordan Anderson takes some replacing in this Liverpool oh, yeah. side. Um, the only thing is, I don't think he's going to be an unsung hero. I think it might be the year where we all go, there's our captain. Yeah. Well, that's that's the big thing for me, is I was sitting there and I was going to go, could it be Alisson? Well, no, he's going to be sung Van Dyke. No, everyone's going to sing his praises week in, week out. It can't be the front three. Everyone's going to... It's not Cater. It's, I mean, maybe Fabinho... It's that defensive midfield role for me because no one, no one appreciates it. Everyone says they pass sideways. They t- they keep the team ticking over. They keep it going. Um, James Milner could be another one of them. Yeah. Um, and and Gina Wijnaldum. It's gonna be the midfield for me because the big performances are gonna be won and lost by the strikers scoring goals and the defenders keeping it out and the goalkeeper in that. But then the work, the powerhouse of the the team is that midfield. And I I really think. I think you're right. I think Jordan Henderson's probably going to play more games than a lot of people think. Everyone's going, oh, Fabinho's going to come in and take take that spot. No, uh, Jordan Henderson is very good at that role for what we need him to do. So, uh, I, at this moment in time, first game of the season, 
if Henderson was in pre-season and he got and he wasn't knackered off the holidays and stuff, Henderson would be Henderson's first choice for me. Okay, really. Uh, and my final one is Adam Lallana. I think again another player that probably people have written off. I, I mentioned him earlier on, and I wasn't exactly glowing, but this is a guy that I absolutely really do love. Like, um, and I think he's going to be brilliant. Um, Christopher Iverson Tonda. Last question. I've not thought of an answer for this one. Chris and Tom, one song for the rest of your life, go. Peg by Steely Dan. That is such a I've, good no, song. Never You've never heard it? it. No. You, do you know Steely Dan? No. You don't? Right. Right. Steely Dan's gone on after this. Um, one of the best songs I've ever heard, genuinely. Everything about it's just fantastic. The um, I was watching a, a documentary on the making of it like three days ago, mm-hmm. and... The weird way they do it is they, they just bring in studio musicians and go play something on that. And if they didn't like it, they bring what another one. What type of music in. is it? It's like, I don't know how to explain it. You just need to listen to it. Okay, we'll genuinely. listen to it, but what type of music is it? It's like, uh, it's a band. It's not, you know what I mean? I don't know. How do, how do you explain it? It's like, it's like, I think it's... Pop. Rock. No, they're, no. They're, they're the normal categories sort of, that people use, not well, just a band. Well, I'll sh- I'll, I'll show you it, and you realise why it's so hard. No, it's like it's like rock. Yeah, I guess it's rock, but it's not. It's got loads of keys in it. It's got loads of just so many different things going on. That's the best thing about it. The way they recorded it was revolutionary at the time, and it stands up today because it's just so good. It's such a good I song. I have no idea what this is going to be. Um, off the top of my head. And I have to, I have to, I have to pick something that I love first and foremost. I think that's the easy thing. I, uh, we, I was talking about this earlier on today. I just tend to use songs on my alarms, and I know how easy they start to grate oh, on yeah. you. Like I've absolutely killed some belter songs over the years that I just will not listen to anymore. One of the Arctic Monkeys' first album, um, but on that, I don't know what type of music I'd pick. It is hard, isn't it? Do you, like, would you want something just for a background, or do you want to act- actively listen to it? I think I might pick something so classic and so what people are not thinking that I would go for. Like, I'm massively into punk and rock, but if I had just one song, it might just be Moonlight Sonata. Okay. Because it's just such a chilled piece of music. I don't think I could ever get annoyed by it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I ever could. Then There's no words, so they, that's not going to annoy the shit out yeah. of you or anything like that. that it's just a lovely piece of music. And it's so, like, not YouTube and not me. Like, no, but I love that piece of music. I think it's amazing. Well, that's the thing. You One song for the rest of your life. Think about what that means. Like, I really like this song, but I'm not going to... I'm That's going to... It's gonna be a once a month thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> After the first like week, I'm gonna go right. I can't listen to music anymore if that's the only song. I was gonna go with like um, a soundtrack from a game like Skyrim, but then the different, the like they're just atmospheric songs that you put on in the background, and I could I I've listened to them. I listen to it to do editing with. You know what I mean? Uh, so I could just have that on <laughs> in the background. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's. It is really it's a tough hard. question. It's a really, really tough question. Okay, well, there you go. That's the end of the show. Um, 
on Acast. If you listening on iTunes and all that type of stuff, don't forget to give us a five-star rating, of course. Uh, thank you to everybody watching the show on YouTube as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to go and answer a few more questions, and we've got some absolute belters here. Jamie Cubis has asked us to write uh, the LFC jukebox musical <laughs> going through the ages of the club. You need one big all-singing, all-dancing production number to steal the show from somewhere in the world of popular music. Which moment in our history you portray, and which players you'll lead them on, and what are they singing? Um, we've got other stuff. It's going to be a belter. Uh, stay tuned for that if you're on the website uh, that will be out later on today and thank you all for watching and listening walk on a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.